help my DTC grow, strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brands. How can brands unleash success through the power of customer experience, community and scalability in e-commerce? Shandam Mahajan, the CGO and co-founder of DotConnect, a trailblazing experimental commerce platform with over 20 years of global tech sales and partnership experience in the retail brands domain, Chandan brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. They seamlessly combine content, community and commerce, enabling brands to create unparalleled customer experiences. You will get the answers to the following questions. Why should brands prioritize customer experience? How does it impact their success and differentiation? How can brands leverage community and connections to effectively acquire new customers? What are the key technical factors to consider when scaling up a D2C brand? How can brands ensure they don't lose any capabilities? And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I asked all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips and tools to use. Now let's get ready! It's great to have you here. I'm a big fan of scaling up. Uh, in a startup world also and in the DTC world. I know that if a brand is scaling up, like uh, D2C brands or startups, they are not the same at the beginning than at the scaling mm-hmm. up phase. Maybe the customer comes in uh, focus uh, at the first, at the beginning, and then they tend to forget the customer. And after that, there is also a customer focus for, for these brands. So what do you think? Uh, why should brands prioritize customer experience and how do you came up with the idea to, to work uh, with lots of tech softwares that help them scale up? Because thanks for having us on the podcast. Uh, really happy to be here. And uh, I'll just do a quick background here so that uh, you know your audience also has a perspective on why customer experience is becoming very important for brands, even more important than what it has been and why there is a need to look at things differently. So, see, a couple of aspects based on what you just asked. See, one is when it comes to consumer brands, you know, what we believe is uh, there has been a certain playbook that these brands have used uh, for a longer time to not just go from zero to one stage, but also to uh, go to the scale stage. And that playbook was typically, uh, you know, because they, you know, they were trying to promote their direct-to-consumer channel. And what it meant was that every brand needed to have their own storefronts like e-commerce storefronts, just like retailers and marketplaces, and they needed to bring traffic. And how most of the brands brought in traffic was through a lot of paid ads on social platforms like uh, like on Facebook, Instagram, and others and all that, right? Depending on the regions and the categories they operated in. Now, one fundamental shift that we have seen in the last couple of years, especially as pandemic came in and the whole consumer behavior around e-commerce and how customers related to many brands changed was one that... Um, the brand competition increased, right? I mean, uh, we all have seen across the world uh, the number of new brands that we now see, whether it is in beauty and cosmetics, in health and wellness, fashion, every category you can think of, right? We now see way more new brands than what we have seen growing up. You know, in a a typical market environment, what happens when, you know, a lot of brands come in, the competition starts to heat up. And this is what exactly led to the, you know, the ad prices going up. So what it did, it, it completely disrupted the playbook that brands used, uh, which was build up quick e-commerce stores, bring traffic using paid ads and convert. And because the conversion rates or ROAS, uh, return on ad spend, which is a big metric that a lot of brands uh, you know, follow, 
uh, you know, to look at, you know, how their spend on advertisement is resulting in revenues used to be at least three to four X. So it was a pretty happy model for many of the brands. Now with pandemic coming in and, you know, with privacy laws changing with what Apple did on iOS 14, we all know about the whole uh, potential outcome of third party cookies, you know, with Google and some of these platforms, uh, you know, going heavy on privacy, we know this model is not going to work. So this, you know, we believe is a very fundamental shift happening in the world of brands that is necessitating the need for brands to think differently. And that's why customer experience is becoming important, right? Because when you cannot just lead and differentiate using a typical commerce technology only, you have to differentiate on the content, on the community, and how you engage with your customers. So that's that's one of the factors. Second, because you also talked about the customer experience. See, what we fundamentally believe is a brand should not be a commerce site. Uh, because, you know, a, a brand has to first solve for a traffic problem, right, on how to bring organic traffic onto their website because retailers and marketplaces don't have to solve for traffic because they do get a lot of traffic. What they tend to solve for is a convenience problem on how customers can find and discover and engage with them uh, much more easier. A brand's fundamental problem or challenge is to first draw the organic traffic with great content and then engage them and convert them. So that we believe is a very fundamental aspect of uh, what brands have to look for when it comes to delivering customer experience. Uh, what we have seen at Dot Connect, when we work with great brands that are trying to scale, right? Well, one of the key things that they want to focus is on product innovation and feedback loop because they are good in creating a product, let's say in beauty or personal care or athleisure or whatever segment they're operating. They want to stay focused on product innovation as they scale. And that manifests into two broad paradigms, according to me. One is they want deep consumer insights, right? To understand the consumer in a more targeted, segmented way, the consumer insight conundrum. And second is they want to do a lot of alpha beta testing, right? They want to try out things uh, as they scale because they have a set of customers they know some things are working well, some things are not working well. So for example, one of our customers working with is looking at how to do alpha beta testing for clienteling. So they want to target a niche set of customers with niche products and see how they respond, right? Again, that comes to consumer insights and focused uh, segmenting of customers. Similarly, uh, another use case we come across quite often is the whole consignment, right? They want to do try and buy, right? give them a free packet of products that they offer and see whether with zero risk so that they can use it, return it. But this is again for the niche segment. So they want to do alpha beta testing with the campaigns. They want to understand consumer insights because then they can scale up and cross sell, upsell part of this scale journey. And in that context, they look at a tech partner like DotConnect for us, for example, to bring all these capabilities together so that they can do this iterative process to uh, scale their business. In which direction, what will scale, what will not scale. Yeah, from, from the business side, they know what they want, but on the tech side, maybe they are a bit scared of it and, and don't know what to do exactly. Great. Chandan, how does this whole concept uh, impact the brand success and uh, how could they differentiate themselves with that? Yeah, see, I think one fun, at a very fundamental level, uh, we believe brands need to look at what customer persona they're targeting, right? You know, who's their ideal customer and what do they look for? What are their needs and how can brands, you know, deliver to those needs more effectively? So at a very fundamental level, 
depending on the category you are innovating or you're expanding and the customer you're targeting, the whole content and engagement experience needs to be built and woven around that customer persona. So that's that's a very basic fundamental level uh, you know, of differentiation and building the story. Second comes the brand story itself, right? How do you make sure that the the uh, you know the brand story is is built around a certain purpose, which can engage a much larger community of like-minded customers, right? And we have seen examples of whether it is a Patagonia, whether it is a Goop, and many good brands in the U.S. that have created a cult-like following over the years. And it is not just because of the products that they sell, but it's about the purpose of the brand, which is larger than the products that they sell, right? Uh, and what it does is because they inspire engagement with customers in very unique ways they bring uh, you know they build deeper loyalty to the brand and they build a community of many like-minded customers that eventually become micro advocates of the brand right so that the, these brands don't really have to only depend on performance marketing and the usual ways of acquiring customers but then you know the a very rich content a very deep community engagement creates commerce as a byproduct uh, you know for them so this we believe is is very important and end of the day, once you have that community, how do you continue to build very relevant, authentic and personalized engagement you know, with them is very important. So this is where the role of technology and data comes into play in terms of how you can you know, harness the customer data, the customer insights coming to you and continue to use this to one, innovate your product categories. Uh, second, uh, give very personalized, relevant you know, choices and options to customers and make sure that you know you make the journey more uh, more more richer. Uh, so I think we, I believe uh, personally these three elements are very critical to the success of a brand in terms of how they can drive uh, customer experience. PC, anything else you wanted to add here? No, no. I think you summed it up absolutely correctly. It's not just about unique outlook or or customer experience. It's all about uh, also about uh, community mm-hmm. and. Uh, how could they acquire new customers with that approach? See, I think one, uh, you know, one very basic yet often overlooked uh, aspect of uh, community and commerce success uh, is content. Uh, if you see for a longer time, you know, because as I said, right, the earlier playbook, uh, since it was, you know, using uh, low cost paid ads and using social platforms, it sort of was much easier to bring in, uh, uh, you know, traffic. Because of this, brands never truly invested in building great native content capabilities on their own. Uh, you know, because content either came from social platforms or it was just the standard blogs, or they depended a lot on their influencer partners, you know, to bring in the traffic, right? So I think one significant change we've seen post-pandemic is every brand has realized that they need to create greater content on their own. And what it means is if you see, right, at a very fundamental level, as a consumer today, when any of us goes to, you know, knows exactly what they want, right? The product that they want, we'd rather go to a retail or a marketplace. Like we'll probably walk into a, a nearby retail store or we'll go to a marketplace because all we're looking for is convenience and cost uh, advantage, right? But in you know, there are times when you're looking for more inspiration, you're looking to learn about something new, right? It could be a skin, uh, you know, aspect you're learning about. It could be some fashion trends. It could be uh, maybe a health and wellness aspect uh, for you and your family that you want education on. Now, a big difference is retail stores or marketplaces don't teach you that, right? They they just they have a significant catalog of products they're selling. A brand, you know, are in a very unique position to actually engage you with great content, uh, and, you know, and, and and inspire you. But for inspiring, they need great content. So I think at a fundamental level, what we believe is 
brands have to build very good, strong foundations of how to leverage content and commerce together and not make their websites or their, uh, you know, their storefronts look like a very typical promotion led commerce sites. So I think that's one uh, factor when it comes to how they can engage, uh, you know, content when it comes to community. Uh, it is also important for brands not to have community engagement only on siloed third-party platforms only. They have to find ways to embed and immerse uh, some of their third-party community discussions on their own direct-to-consumer channels. Because uh, to what PC said earlier, I think data is becoming a very critical component to a brand's success uh, You know, in terms of their ability to innovate, their ability to understand customer behavior and use those insights to grow profitably and and create unique uh, you know experiences and i think the more conversations and community engagement they can have natively on their own channels i think it only helps them acquire their data and be more relevant to the customer and i think we feel that you know if any of the brands that we've seen right which have been able to uh, harness the uh, the capability and power of content and community you know uh, natively they've been able to create those commerce flywheels uh, that actually help keep customers, you know, retained and loyal and keep coming back. Yeah, just to hmm. add to that, from a community angle, right, we have seen sort of good brands who have also acquired communities, right, be it in yeah. mother's care or food or healthcare or automotive. We have seen many brands who successfully acquired communities, which shows the importance of the role the communities play and how do you integrate that intelligence from the community back to your product innovation or back to your uh, customer service or customer targeting, right? That's one angle. Now, of course, everybody cannot acquire communities, right? So there are also organic ways of building your community by engaging the influencers, the Gen Z millennials, brand ambassadors on the channel that they are, because you can't always say, here is my community, come and you know, do your discussion here or do your engagement here. So there, the outreach to as many channels in a very precise way is also important. So there are two, three models. And I think every brand uh, we work with, typically we figure out what is the right way and give inputs and then enable the technology for it. But it's a very, very important ingredient. Yeah, so so from the brand side, I want to track all of my customers in every community, in every social media, in every way that I can. So I get a full picture of my customer. but from the customer side, what are the needs that differ from, from the needs that I have as an e-commerce brand? As a customer, I want everything everything quick. As, as Chandan mentioned uh, earlier, I know almost everything about the product and I want to be in a part of the community so we could hop on this train. But how do customer uh, needs differ from the needs of an e-commerce brand. I just summarized it uh, from my own thoughts, but uh, maybe you could add something. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share my thoughts and pieces. Feel free to chime in as well. See, at a very fundamental level, right? And I wear my own hat as a customer, not as a service provider. But, you know, when I'm out there or my family's out there looking for something, see, we all are short of time, right? We want brands to make our journey and our engagement super easy in a way that, you know, uh, from the beginning, if they can understand what I'm looking for very easily, be able to give me some very relevant recommendations, you know, at a price point and at a convenience that, uh, you know, I expect, they'll have my loyalty, right? They'll not just have my transactional business, they could also earn my loyalty for a longer time. Now, the funny thing is, uh, this requires a very good orchestration of, uh, of technology and data, which many of the brands struggle with. And why they struggle with this? Because 
of the way the commerce tech ecosystem has evolved in the last 20 years. Uh, see, at a fundamental level, if you see, either you know brands are currently stuck with commerce platforms which were built for small entrepreneurs, right? So uh, we all know Shopify and WooCommerce and all that, right? And some of these brands, you know, these were built for the mass, uh, you know, uh, audience of brands that wanted to go from zero to one stage. And these platforms in general have done a great, great job. On the other hand, is a lot of the large enterprise-grade platforms that were built for retailers because these platforms were looking to solve for a problem of a, you know, a, a very high, a big catalog where you needed a very search-based discovery. So it was not about inspiring. It was more about making the search journey much more easier so customers can quickly buy and buy a bigger basket size. So what happened was when consumer brands in the last 10 years started to look at, hey, how can I reduce my dependence on retail, retail partners or marketplaces or distributors and acquire customers directly so that I can harness the data, build customer intimacy and improve my profit margins? That's when they realized that they actually do not have tech platforms that were built for their business. So they had to sort of adjust to, uh, you know, technology that was either built for very small brands or entrepreneurs or something that was built for retailers. So what we have seen is a very classic issue that brands have great desire to build and enhance their direct-to-consumer channel, but they are stuck with options that are not meant for them. So this is one of the needs that we see in brands is that brands are looking for technology that makes adoption of commerce content and community easier, but they also want that flexibility that as customer needs evolve, as market dynamics change, they want their technology stack also to not limit them. They want them, uh, you know, they want that stack to, uh, you know, create a lot of flexibility to adapt and change, uh, you know, as the market, uh, you know, evolves as well. See, you know, from a consumer standpoint, there's this whole debate between privacy and personalization, right? I mean, and there are enough reports to say that, you know, as customers, many of us are willing to share our data and insights as long as it results in very personalized, relevant recommendations and engagement from a brand, right? Of course, I will not end up giving my data to every brand out there, but the ones that I trust, I'll be happy to share a lot of insight so they can actually use that insight to create better products for me and my family and the community. So that's that's kind of my perspective on, you know, uh, you know how to create the right balance between the needs of the customer or uh, the consumer and, you know, the needs of the brand to grow profitably. Great. You mentioned uh, technical details and technical requirements. I'm curious about uh, what are the technical factors to consider when scaling up a DTC brand? At first, yeah, you mentioned Shopify, WooCommerce, maybe it's for the masses. Okay, uh, PC, could you tell me or Chandan, what are the steps and what are the technical factors? Depends broadly whether you're a greenfield, new brand, right to go to market, or you're already in the market and you have a certain stack and now you want to scale it up, right? Both are different paradigm. So there's no one answer to all of them. To be very fair, we have to take a deep note of what is the current state and then plan. But as guiding principles, if I look at the overall evolution of technology and what we believe is right for brands who don't want to invest too much, but also need a lightweight and scalable tech stack, right? We believe um, on the, on the, if I divide it to front end and Backend, for example, we believe in the paradigm of headless and composable, right? So basically make the experience decoupled from the backend, which is what is commonly called as headless commerce content technology. Uh, and similarly in the backend, make it very composable so that you can consume lightweight services and plug and play different services as you need. 
right? Uh, but I would say that headless is not enough. Headless is just one part. So normally in the front end, uh, what we believe as a point of view is that I call it heap, H-E-E-P, right? You need headless for sure so that you can create customized experiences based on your brand proposition, your campaigns. You can change it, you can iterate, right? You need the time to market to change your campaigns, change your front-end experience for your consumer segment. So that's the headless part, right? Second is you need you also need to have exceptional experiences because today great brands want to create exceptional experiences. What I mean by that is not just a website and the user experience, but also offering brand proposition that you're not just buying my product, maybe I can educate you on something. Maybe I can recommend you something that is ancillary to the product, but can help you, right? So for example, you can have some videos in a particular theme or segment or food or whatever be the brand category. So exceptional experience is important. And last but not the least, performance is important because, you know, today even a two-year-old kid doesn't look at a video beyond two seconds. They just swipe it and go on. So performance at the front end is absolutely critical for a great front end experience. So that is the, uh, I would answer in two aspects, the front end part, headless, exceptional experience, performance, uh, what I call as heat. From a back end, there are three aspects that are, again, that become critical. Composability is one part where you can have modular Lego blocks, can plug in a capability for review rating or, you know, a shoppable video or community engagement or a commerce API. Second is the search part, right? Search has become very critical, whether it's visual search, video search, textual search, NLP based. The seamless search experience is very important for the customer to quickly discover his interest and align to that particular content or product associated. And, and last part is the whole data and AI foundation. Like I told earlier, when you want to do client tiling, I want to do personalization, segmentation having the right data AI foundation or improving what you have. Everybody has something for sure. How do you improve that? So these are two ways of scaling on the front end, back end, so that you can move the journey from level one to level two to level five maturity in your own path. What do you think? How should e-commerce brands select their tech stack? Because uh, it could be so heavy that it could maybe push down every commercial aspect of a, of a company. But if you if you select a, a tech stack that will scalable, that you've already said this HEP method, how how can they make it happen to to select these? Yeah, a great question. We come and get often often asked these questions with all types of brands, right? A very pragmatic approach based on our experience at Dot Connect working with brands is that there is no straight answer, but there are guiding principles. Again, we would. Definitely not recommend to rip and replace. You may have a monolithic system, something working. We would never recommend to rip and replace everything because it's like an aircraft that you are trying to change the engine while it's in the flight. It's never advisable. So don't do rip and replace. Have a customized approach. In that, while they could be approach could be very specific to each customer based on their current state and their target state vision for digital enablement. Uh, what we recommend typically is looking at two aspects. One is look at experiential aspects, right? What matters to the customer in the front end? Because ultimately, whatever change you do from your current architecture to new evolution, first has to have a significant impact to the end consumer. So whatever is the user story or value chain that affects experiences, look at that as one aspect for sure. 
Second is look at what I call as differentiating capability. So each brand will have differentiation in itself. Maybe somebody is very strong on supply chain. Somebody is very strong on uh, pricing. Somebody is very strong on core inventory management, whatever, right? Or core commerce. So look at the differentiating factors and start with those. Because then your ROI, when you do the journey from step A to step C, step by step, you're able to get an ROI through your transformation from monolithic to a composable, headless, uh, lightweight, smarter stack. So those are some guiding principles one can use. Uh, uh, and, and we typically do an assessment and guide the customer on, on, on the right path to the journey. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of our customers uh, that we're looking at is saying, you know, I have all this. Uh, it's not great, but you know what? I just want to add shoppable videos where I can demonstrate a video, add it as a plugin and the video, as the video is playing out, can I engage the customer to buy the product, right? It's a small chain, but a differentiating capability in the front end, right? So that could be uh, a way of bringing in composability headless into the architecture. So so uh, most customers, especially brands, we think uh, uh, an evolution approach is required in a time-bound manner without ripping and replacing everything. Unless a customer, for whatever reason, feels it is just not working, we are clear, we need to rip and replace everything, uh, which is more an exception than a rule. I hope that addresses your question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, rip and replace uh, method wouldn't be great because maybe as DTC founders are more afraid of, of absolutely changing anything in their environment than than to rip everything. <laughs> uh, mostly around Black Friday and Christmas, they are unreachable and <laughs> unmanageable to change anything but uh if i want to migrate from from one platform to another or uh, downloading any plugin or installing an app how to make sure that i won't lose any of my capabilities well that, that's what i said uh what what we do typically use uh, is a process mapping to figure out what is the current capabilities mm -hmm. and what is your target state capabilities and, and then make sure that you've got a solid plan while you're defining the transformation roadmap, right? And like I said, in that, again, prioritize what can differentiate your customer and what can differentiate your own core capabilities you as a brand possess. So some of those factors have to be considered uh, to sort of navigate that. Of course, there are technical, once the strategies are decided, then there needs to be a technical mapping, obviously, from the current system to new system and data management all of that. Uh, but the good part today is uh, with the evolution of the new architectures, it is not a world of I will develop everything and try to plug in. It is more how do you configure, broker, orchestrate through microservices, APIs, partner solutions, and assemble it. So it become more like an assembly line of getting different APIs together to solve a problem uh, and manage the data. So gone are days where you would say I will do a end-to-end -end project for 18 months and then I'll come back to you and tell you how this is going to work, right? Time to market in presence. Just one, one thought here, uh, Miklos. See, uh, when it comes to, and because we find ourselves in the middle of a lot of these uh, strategic conversations where customers are looking at a scenario A versus B. See, one funny thing is the opposite of rip and replace for many brands is like a very band-aid-like approach where they end up doing a lot of just, uh, they end up, putting a lot of plugins, some apps on top of their existing uh, tech stack. 
hoping it will work right and this is for some it is their way of creating a best of breed architecture for some it is you know just kind of keeping the lights on see what happens is see the reality of the market that we are living in is the industry is moving at a very rapid pace financially with the recession you know uh, threats and all the right every brand is also looking at how do i conserve cash but how do i continue to invest very wisely in my business right so what it does is see our recommendation to many of the brands is that while everybody hates the word strategy and you know kind of thinking but i think it's very critical is what we need right so we you know we advise brands to first take a step back right rather than just pushing through some things just because their competitors have just launched some platform or they've invested in a certain you know tech stack they feel like that you know just replicating that would also help them we believe it's not true like what pc said right every brand at the day has it has a very unique dna they have to see what they what you know uh, would make sense for their customers and their brand so i think one is we we very highly recommend brands to go through a bit of a strategy exercise uh, whether they do it with us or on their own doesn't matter but they they really need to go back into what they stand for as a company listen to the voice of the customer i mean it, it is amazing how many brands still today uh, keep their customer service function completely independent from the you know from the core operations and a lot of that feedback does not go back into product innovation and brand story and you know this is where you're getting real feedback from the customer so you know we recommend the brands look at their strategy holistically uh, you know uh, with each of these elements and based on that decide what a you know a like a modular roadmap to their tech stack will look like right and like chetan said you know rip and replace obviously will have a significant impact on your uh, you know on your business uh, you know in, in this day and age no brand can afford to wait um, and, and you know hope right uh so what we you know recommend is once your strategy is clear and you understand what elements will add incremental value then in a very uh, in a very planned fashion building those components in uh you know uh, is is the right strategy to go about it great and if you, both of you or or any of you could answer this question if you had the time and energy to write a book about the technical side of of e-commerce what would be the title of it That's an interesting question. <laughs> is it is it your question linked to brands or e-commerce in general? E-commerce in general could be e-commerce in general. So I would think I would I would take a shot, and then you can add to it. I would just call it three C's. Not three PC. C's meaning <laughs> no three C's. Not PC. Sorry. Yeah, I know because <laughs> no, no. your name is PC. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a good one too, but I don't think it will sell. <laughs> I would yeah, call yeah, yeah. it three. Three C's, essentially, which is our proposition, right? That it is the next generation, next, especially looking at mini levels, the next generation of growth for commerce. It is going to come from a culmination or convergence of content, community, and commerce. So, commerce by itself is probably just one element, important element. But we believe commerce itself will get engulfed into the three C's that we say: content, community. commerce converge together so i would call it 3c great and chandan could uh, tell me the subtitle of it I, i'll probably call it uh, you know customer experience first every time right maybe that will be the subheader for me see because what i genuinely feel is see we all have been around the block for almost 20 years right we've seen technologies and you know uh, buzzwords come and go right whether it's a recession or whatever right see one thing if you see at a fundamental level it does not change whether it is headless today composable tomorrow maybe something else gartner or somebody else will come with another term one year down the line but end of the day brands that have 
you know, built, you know, their foundation, you know, on all the things they do, product innovation, engagement, loyalty, retention, technology choices built around customer experience first. I think that have, you know, built very enduring businesses. So we feel that, you know, brands should not look at this as a technology problem or, or like a, you know, a market problem. They should look at this. Am I building, keeping customer experience at core? And then my choices of how I build products, how I innovate, how I listen to my customers, how, you know, how I, you know, converge within the ecosystem and bring the right technology. Is it all solving the customer experience problem? So I think, you know, maybe for me, that could be the header, right? That, uh, you know, and it'll make sure that brands are not just trying to do something which will help them today or this quarter, but they're building the foundation that will make sure that their scaling journey for many more years will be very fruitful. Yeah, great. And last but not least, I want to give some seeds and nutrition for D2C brands. So I got four quick questions and I want some quick answers from you. Uh, You could both answer it. Uh, the first is what books or influencers would you recommend to read for a DTC brand? So one, uh, uh, you know, uh, there are actually many people that we follow, uh, you know, on on DTC. Uh, in fact, uh, we actually uh, tag a lot of them on our LinkedIn page as well. So I would recommend all of our your audience and viewers to actually look at Dotnet's page. Uh, we will have an updated website very soon where we will make it more like a DTC knowledge hub. So. We are already partnering with a lot of the D2C thought leaders in the industry where we will curate the best of D2C content and bring it on to one platform so that it's easier for the audience to, you know, uh, to engage. So, um, you know, if you see on our LinkedIn, you'll actually see a lot of those insights that we curate from a lot of these uh, thought leaders. Great. Uh, the second is, what is the biggest mistake that D2C brands could make? The single biggest one. Continuing to hope uh, and depend on paid ads to grow their business. Great. Uh, the third is, could you tell me your quick growth tip related to D2C brands that they could apply after they listen to our podcast? Say, you know, go back, evaluate your content and see uh, if there is anything you can do to help, you know, uh, make it richer and monetizable. And uh, last one is, what tools would you use as a DTC brand for growth? I know that you mentioned that uh, if they use a lot of tools, they they will get tangled and it's not good for the business. But what are the basic tools or other uh, softwares that they could use for growth? Can I say use our platform? Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Instead of that, no, you know. So so we, are, you know. We are, we are, see, we believe uh, there is no easy answer, honestly, Miklos. That's why we chose to, you know, do something because we felt there wasn't something truly out of the box and ready for brands to quickly adopt. And that's why brands have struggled to build their own. And we feel the right answer lies somewhere in the middle where you need to pick elements from what's out there, but build greater capabilities and integration layer around that, right? And that that's why we go back to the three C's that PC was also talking about, you know, building that seamless convergence between content, community, and commerce is super critical for brands. And this, we believe, when once done right, creates that foundation of the experiential commerce, you know, for brands, right? So that's that's what has motivated us. That's what keeps our teams uh, very passionate, uh, you know, to help brands. And, you know, we feel, uh, you know, uh, we'll be successful if we can help many brands grow organically and not have to continue to depend on other channels or other partners to, to you know, to grow. 
So that's that's what uh, you know that drives us. Chandan, BC, thank you for accepting my call and giving this tremendous amount of value for the listeners. Because thank you so much. You're doing great work for the community. So all the best. And uh, uh, if your audience has any questions, we are always around on LinkedIn and email, so they can reach out anytime. Great. Thank you. Thanks. And don't forget to try these tips today. For more seeds and nutrition, stay tuned for the next episode.